So first things first, everybody who is who I've interviewed has done this already. You mm-hmm. can talk it, you can rap it, you can sing it, but your first order of business is to see how much of the theme song you remember. I'm not going to give you any time to think about it. Okay. Here we go. Um, day after day. Oh, we're playing it. After day, it's I'm fabulous and everyone around me is I'm fearful and I'm going to be the one. I'm flappable. It's better run fabulous. Oh, yeah. Better run fabulous. This is, now I'm confused. You're doing great. Hold on, wait. Shoot. You were so good. You got it. Ah. Uh, it's better and fabulous. <laughs> Close. Close. It's a little bit longer. There's the ending. I love that theme song. Hi, my name is Dustin Ingram, and between the years of 2004 and 2007, I played a character named Dwayne Ogilvy in a show titled Unfabulous on a network called Nickelodeon. It told the story of a young girl named Addie Singer navigating life and love, all while attending Rocky Road Middle School. Although it was nominated for two Teen Choice Awards and three Kids Choice Awards, one of those being Australian, the most fabulous awards of all were the lifelong friends and long-lasting memories I made. It's been 13 years since the hollowed halls of Rocky Road last heard tale of Jake Bahari or the squeal of Principal Brandywine's scooter. But today, all that changes. Because today, Rocky Road opens its doors once again to warmly welcome none other than... I'm Emma Roberts, and I played Addie Singer. That's right, folks. Addie Singer. You probably don't need me to tell you about Emma Roberts, given her extensive resume. But before she was a household name, she was on your household TVs as the young singer, songwriter, daydreamer, and star of Unfabulous. Emma has transitioned her childhood success into adulthood success, which is no small feat. But what's even more impressive is how she's remained the same old sweet Emma I knew when I was 13. So put up an aim away message and come sail away. It's time for a Rocky Road reunion. Wow, Emma. (sighs) I am so impressed with how much of that you remembered. Because I sing that song to myself like a few times a year while I'm walking around the house. Do you really? Just to make sure I don't forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Got to keep it in the old noggin. Got to keep my mind sharp. Um, No, it's funny. um, I've been very nostalgic lately as I approach 30, as I told you. Sure. Where um, even, uh, I think it was in the last year, I had asked my manager just out of the blue, I was like, do you think you could ask somebody at Nickelodeon if they have my audition tape for Unfabulous because I really want to see it? And he was like, oh my, it's, first of all, and I I forgot that they do, I didn't know they did this at the time, but from the moment you walk in the room, they're videoing you because they're not really just, 
they're not just hiring you from the audition. They're like, they're, they, you know, they're hiring you as a person, I think, because there's this tangent, I think for like five minutes that I'm going on about rolly backpacks being the new thing in school. Oh my God. And it's on video and I'm, and I'm like incensed by rolly backpacks. I'm like, people are rolling over people's feet. They think they're so cool. I, I guess I was at 11. Like I, I had such a rock in my <laughs> shoe about rolling backpacks and, uh, and they have it all on, on, on video. And I look so little and my teeth mm-hmm. are so crooked that it's, it's shocking. I was given a job. Like, yeah. I'm like, I can't believe they didn't make me fix my teeth to be on TV. Well, we have the fake braces that you use. I, maybe it was a at hint a and I should point. have taken it. Did you not have, I thought you had the behind the teeth braces at a certain point. I, at a certain point, but no, in the beginning, it was like, it was like I had too many teeth for my mouth and then somebody like punched me and then we just let it heal. Dear like that's God. what my teeth look like. I don't remember ever thinking about your teeth at all. That's I don't remember so even sweet. noticing them. That's well, really sweet. I think really you're the only one. then too, actually. So. We, I think we all had, you know what I like yeah, about we the kids. cast of Unfabulous also? We look like real kids. Yes. Like kids now who are 12, like look better than me on my best day yeah. with like a facial and hair and makeup. Like, I, I don't know where the, where everyone comes from now, because I, I mean, we were all just like normal kids, which is what I loved. Mm-hmm. Like we were all kind of quirky and like a little weird and normal. And I, I just, I loved that about us. I think because we weren't constantly in front of a camera at that point, Instagram and all that stuff, we didn't have to look good. The only time we were on, were being seen by people was on the show. Mm-hmm. So I think if I grew up with Instagram these days and Facebook, well, because I remember when MySpace hit and I remember thinking more often about how I looked then than ever before, just because you're yeah. posting pictures of yourself. So you're constantly going to be aware of it. Yeah, no, it's true. I guess that is, that is very true. I mean, I, but I, but it's funny because my, my point is I never ever felt insecure about my teeth or the way I looked ever like well, that's good. And then it, so it was just funny now being uh, on the perch I'm at, which is older and mm-hmm. obviously we're flooded with image and social media and how everyone's supposed to look a certain way. So of course with, with that lens, I'm like, Oh my goodness, look at my teeth. But back then I was like smiling bigger than ever. I know. And that's I sad. Just loved, I loved her in the yeah. audition. I was like, you go girl, you get that part. Just, uh, just unwarranted confidence at that age too. Nothing mattered. Oh, that's so sweet. It's so true. No. And I really like, it was so refreshing seeing the audition because it is really true. Like I remember as a kid, I watched like all that and Sabrina, mm-hmm. the teenage witch and Clarissa explains it all, all Nickelodeon shows. And I said to my mom, I'm like, I'm going to get my own show on Nickelodeon. That's my life dream. And she's Whoa. like, okay, She's like, great. Like, sounds, sounds good. What age? Do you remember? I mean, I was probably like nine. Okay. How old were you when you booked it? 13? 12. 12? Wow. And then I remember I got an audition. They were like, they are doing this Nickelodeon show and you can audition. And I just remember being like, oh my God, like, this is my moment. Like, okay. <laughs> You've been building up to it this whole time. I couldn't believe. Oh. I was like, oh my God. And my mom's like, just so you know, like, like it's not like you got the part and it's a lot of work and, uh, you know, trying to taper my expectations. And I'm like, mm-hmm. good on mom. Yeah. And I like went in my room and I was like, you're going to do it. And I, I uh, I had to pick a song to sing for my audition and my mom kept asking me what it was and I wouldn't tell her. And finally she's like, Emma, seriously, you have to like, what song are you singing? Like, tell me before you go in there. Uh, and it was hopelessly devoted to you from Greece. Oh yeah. Interesting choice. Like, she was like, do you want to pick something else? And I was like, 
no. And she kind of just let me like go with that. But you know, it was not my strongest song. Mm. It was also like not the vibe of the show. <laughs> yeah, Hopelessly Devoted is a very specific song, <laughs> even for musical theater standards. Yeah. And I'm like 12 with no vocal training being like, yeah. I'm singing this song. Did you love Grease or something? Why did you pick that song? I love, I, I bled for gr- okay. Greece. Like okay. it was my favorite. I would stand like an inch from the TV. My mom would be like, can you scoot back while you're watching it? <laughs> like, I just loved it. Have you ever gotten the chance or the opportunity to play Sandy? No, because contrary to the fact that I got the part, I cannot sing that song. Oh, okay, 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 fair, fair. <laughs> Like, I seriously think that they, like, hired me because I of my demeanor about singing the song, not because of my talent in singing the song. Well, God bless them. If they did Unfabulous Today, you would have to have a pristine voice or they'd auto-tune the hell out of it. Where again, like you said... And let me tell you, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but you're saying, like, we look like normal kids. You also sang like a normal kid. It was sweet. And that was another thing. I was just like, I sound great. Like, I'm amazing. Yeah. I looked back and I was just like, wow, it is. But that is the takeaway. Uh, And it gave me more confidence after watching. Because after I watched my audition tape, I fell down a hole of watching the pilot. And and my mom always said to me, she was like, you know, confidence really rules. Like, you don't ever have to be the prettiest or the best, but be the most confident. And like, that's what people are attracted to. And, you know, I always kind of went with that. And I think along the way that I've lost that sometimes, you know, along my way with my, with my work. And, Mm -hmm. and it's something that I'm trying to get back in touch with now of just like, you know what, like the only person that has to believe in yourself is, is, is you. And then everyone's like, okay, like I'll buy it if you're buying it. Like so true. Yeah, you're enough. If you believe yeah. you're enough, other people will. And it was sweet. It was just real. And also, I, let me tell you, I was like, I memorized my whole audition almost to a point of like, it was too much. Like, you know how you're <laughs> supposed to see, like, look a little. I mean, sure. I had memorized the whole thing as though I was monologuing. And I was just like, babe, slow down. And like, maybe don't <laughs> act like you, you know, memorize the entire script. <laughs> but I mean, at 12, they probably saw this young actress that was behaving so professionally. I would have I think I would have enjoyed that or liked that. I've been like, she worked really hard on this. She, she clearly so has the ethic or she's she just obsessed. obsessed. Yeah. So you made your dream come true. Well, let's not tie it up with a bow. I auditioned like 12 times. Like literally it was like. But, okay. Before we get to that. Okay. Sorry. I'm excited actually. Ugh, I'm so excited to have you here. Before Unfabulous even showed up, why did you decide, I want to be an actor. I want to give this a shot. You know, I was always just so obsessed with movies and TV shows to a point where when I was like a small child, my mom would put on cartoons and I'd be like, I'd like real people, please. Wow. And my mom would be like, oh, okie doke. And I was just so obsessed. And I think what really sent it over the edge, not to keep plugging Nickelodeon, but all that, like when I saw that show, mm-hmm. you know, I was probably seven or eight. And we're talking original cast, right? Like Lori Beth Denberg. Oh, yeah. Like it was, and that was for, for people listening that maybe it's, it was SNL for kids and right. it was so genius. And I just remember seeing that and I would be so inspired. I'd like go in my room and make up characters. And I would say to my mom, like, okay, I, I have these characters. Like, I, I need you to, to do the scene with me. And she'd You'd employ mom. Yeah. I'd be like, so I need you to ad lib. And she'd be like, how do you know what that is? Oh, poor Kelly. God bless your mom. My poor mom. So, um, so that was what really inspired me. And I remember being like, I really want to do that. And it looks so fun. And I also loved to read and the idea of getting to, tell stories was 
always so enticing to me. And this was kind of back in the in the times before every book was made into a show or a right. movie. Yep. So, you know, I'd read a book and just dream of like what it would be in a movie or TV version. Did you have one that you loved most? Like I really, if they made a movie about this, I would want to play so-and-so in this book. I just remember the the book series, not necessarily being like, I want to be in this, but, um, or even had an idea of how to do that. But I guess in my wildest dreams as a kid, like I loved the Judy Moody series. I loved Artemis Fowl, which I think they actually made eventually. Um, I loved Junie B. Jones. Like I I just, all of those, the ones that were kind of like funny. So you wanted to be a storyteller. Yeah, I did. What happened then between that idea or that impetus and idea of, Hey, I want to give this a shot and getting the agent. I would ask my mom, I'd be like, can I act? Can I act? And she'd be like, no. (laughs) Really? Yeah. She was like, no. She's like, you're too young. She's like, go to school, go to summer camp. Like, please stop asking me. Uh And I remember just being like, oh my goodness, I'm going to miss my chance to have a, have my show, my kid's show, because I'm not Uh going to be a kid anymore. And so I basically (laughs) said to my mom, I was like, you're not, you're not supporting my dream. And that really got her. (laughs) Dear Lord. Yeah, I think that might get me too. Yeah, she let me go on one audition and she had like a friend of a friend that was a manager. Okay. And she was, I used to sing karaoke Dixie Chicks at the farmer's market on the weekends when I was seven. Love it. And I would bring my Dixie Chicks CD and I would go up there and I wouldn't move. I would just stand and sing really shyly and get off. And my my mom would be like, do you want to like move around? And I'd be like, no. And she's like, okay. So I'll just, all right, we'll just go to the farmer's market you. But you still love to do it. You wanted to do it. I loved it. I'd be like, I'm not dancing or moving, but I want to stand here and, and kind of sing along to the Dixie Chicks and feel embarrassed and leave every weekend. And she was just like, okay. Oh my God, Emma. So this manager like came one time and he, uh, I guess he, you know, David, who's like now, you yeah. know, he's been in my life for 20 years and is like a father to me. And he, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, she, great. Like I'll send her out in, in, on in August audition. And it was for the movie Blow with Johnny Depp. And I went on the audition and my mom was just like, look, like, don't get your hopes up, but work as hard as you can, obviously, and like have fun, but please don't get your hopes up. Mm -hmm. And my mom was waiting for me outside the audition and and the casting director walked me out to her. And she was like, what did you do? Like giving me the (laughs) the mom eyes of like, how did you mess this up already? Uh And I go out there and the casting director's like, hey, can she come back tomorrow? You know, to my mom's like, I'm sorry, what? She's like, this is supposed to be like life experience. Wow. This is not supposed to be real. And uh, and so I ended up getting the part in that. And so, of course, I was like, see, told you. And my mom's like, no, this doesn't happen. Like, yeah. this is this is a fluke. And so then I auditioned for years after and like didn't get anything. And I remember I would always just be like, that's okay. Like the next thing, the next thing. And my mom would be like, you know, you can just stop. Like, it's fine. Because mm-hmm. I remember there was a particularly heart shattering. Um, I didn't get... Peter Pan and that that oh, took a minute man. to get over. Yeah. Especially as a kid. It's even hard to get over as an adult, but right when you're starting out too, and when it starts out fairly easy like that, where you book your first audition, you just think, Yeah, that's how it's always gonna be, right? Yeah. So that was so that but I just kind of kept going and I, I was always just kind of like I loved auditioning. I mm-hmm. loved I don't know, I just kind of loved it. It was so fun to me and and then the unfabulous audition came around, and that's when I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. Wow. Well, it had the singing already written in, mm-hmm. and that was something I love to do. Yeah. Serendipitous, almost, how it all works out. Before we jump into the actual unfabulous stuff, I am going to... You really don't want to talk about unfabulous. It's like, <laughs> like, you keep, like, steering 
You're like, you're like hey, no. you want to get on my Unfabulous podcast? And no. then you're like, excuse me, before we get to that, if you could, okay. Fine no, we actually are going to talk about Unfabulous just in the form of a bit of trivia. Trivia. This is trivia. Well, that's rude because uh, I didn't know that was coming. <laughs> okay, we'll start out real easy. What was the name of the school? Rocky Road Middle School. Do you remember the mascot? Hmm. I, I, it's something like funny, like something that's not really, it's not an animal. Uh, it's a reptile. Isn't it? Well, that's an animal, yeah. so I'm wrong. Alligators? No. no. Lizards? No. Crocodiles? No, smaller, much smaller. Salamanders? Close. Oh my God, I just got butterflies if that was the right answer. <laughs> So dumb. <laughs> the Rocky Road Salamander. What is it? The Rocky Road Bullfrogs. Oh, yeah, that was not coming to me. And there's a little image of a bullfrog, like, flexing. Like, oh, yeah, I don't remember that. It's okay. No one's no one's grading you. However, whoever gets the most points will be uh, slimed. I never got slimed, and I'm so bummed about it. What? I never did. How? How I did know. you avoid that? I feel like you have to do that if you're the star of a Nickelodeon show. I'm pretty sure I asked to be slimed and still didn't get slimed, so I'm not sure. That's so bizarre. Like, Melise and Raja, I think That's Chelsea slimed? did. Yeah. Where? For some Nickelodeon games thing, like a like a hmm. in-between shows interlude segment or something I did like not. That. No, my I remember literally that was a joke. Like, people would be like, did you get slimed? Ha, ha, ha. And I was like, no, I didn't. Emma, that blows my mind. <laughs> me too. More than anything else in this moment. I can't believe that. We got to make your dream come true somehow. I mean, I think I'm good now. Are you sure? <laughs> I, think I'm okay. I think I'm over it, but... <laughs> okay. Well, if <laughs> you're just walking around one day and a man in a hood slimes you, it was me. Don't Please don't hit me. I hope you video it. I will. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, okay. Just a few more. What was the principal's name? Principal Brandywine. Which I love that they got away with that. Like, I, I feel know. like now you can't do that anymore. No. Okay, do you remember the PE teacher's name? PE teacher. Did we meet him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Coach, and then it starts with a P. Coach Peterson. Close. Coach what? Coach Pearson. Is that Coach Pearson? Pearson. Just take out the T and you would have <laughs> had it. All right. Okay, and the hardest, the hardest name of all, the social teacher's name? Social you studies say teachers. It, like thing? you know, I'm not going to get it right. I oh, wouldn't what? have gotten it right. Are you kidding me? Um, is it a girl or a boy? It's a boy. Mister. Yes. Porter. Oh, so close. Mister Ward. Crap. What was Addie Singer's first line of the entire show? You know how sometimes. Is that it? Yeah. It is. No. Oh my god. No. How much can how much further can you keep going? You know how sometimes oh crap, but I just you're blown away. That's insane to me. You know how sometimes crap. I mean I'm just I'm I'm impressed. Yeah, that's a win. It's you know how sometimes things don't turn out the way you think they're going to. How something that sounds like a bad idea can turn out to be how a good idea. something that sounds like a bad idea can turn out to be a good idea. And how something that sounds like a good idea can turn out to be a bad idea? 
close, but then something happens that makes you think you were right the first, the first time, time and it really was a bad idea. Yeah. Well, that's right. exactly what happened to me. to me. That's me. <laughs> right, right there. there. Punchful. <laughs> yeah. Okay, can we just say to oh everyone, gosh. I'm not looking. Nope, she's not looking at a thing. That blows my mind. You get <laughs> you get slimed just for that. That's brilliant. <laughs> okay, a little bit harder. And this is the last one. What was Addie Singer's last, last line? Last line. Hmm. I would really like to know. I don't know this one. It's, at the end of the day, being fabulous is really all about the effect you have on the people you know. And right now... I feel pretty fabulous. Cry. Isn't that sweet? I really like this show. I did too. And that's trivia. Love the jingle. I'm going to use that instead. Yeah, right. That's the jingle. (laughs) Okay, so you got the audition for Unfabulous. Would you like to talk about the show now? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) How many years had it been since Blow up until this audition came through? I would say like two and a half years. At any point, did you feel like, oh, maybe this isn't for me? Or were you just like, no, I'm plugging away. It's going to come, whatever the next one is. You know, I I just was like, it, it kind of kept going. I never was discouraged. That means you were made for the business. Much much to my mother's. Poor mom. Unhappiness. She was like, she's like, you can stop. She was driving you to all the auditions, I imagine, all the callbacks and seeing all the disappointment. It's hard for the moms. I know. I think it is hard for the moms. Speaking of which, be sure to stick around at the end of each episode. There is a stage mom segment where I get a little story from everybody's moms. They were just such a big part of our our lives in the show's life. They were. They were all in the green room, always just being our guardians. My stomach growled. Sorry. That's okay. So the audition comes in from Mr. David. What do you remember from the breakdown? Good question. God. Um, I well, first of all, what I do remember is Sue Rose, the creator. Mm-hmm. They were they were like, oh, the creator Sue Rose. She did Angela Anaconda, and I'm like, oh my god, that's my favorite show. It was my favorite show. I know. I loved it too. I loved that show. So I was already like, oh my god, Angela Anaconda. Are you kidding me? Uh-huh. And uh, and then Jill So Buell was doing the music, and her song Supermodel was like the song where everyone just was so obsessed with it. And I remember I would sing that song and just thought it was so cool. And so those elements already, I was like, I love the show. And I loved the title. Like I thought the title was so clever. And and I was like, I I think I'm kind of unfabulous in a fabulous way, maybe like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just remember the Angela Anaconda of it all and being like, oh, if it's anything like that, like this is the show for me. And then the intro you get turned into essentially Angela Anaconda because it's the same art style that she used for Mm -hmm. that. That's probably pretty darn cool. Yeah. Was it the first time you'd auditioned for the lead of something? I mean, I think I'd auditioned a bunch for Mm -hmm. stuff. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Some of the auditions were kind of a blur. I remember Peter Pan and I remember I Am Sam and that's about it. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, so I don't really, I don't remember all of them, but, but I remember this one, there was a lot of pressure because it was like, it felt like a video game where every level, like you were getting to different levels, Mm. every audition where like more people were in the room, more questions were being asked, kind of, you know, the closer you got, it, it was just, it just, it definitely felt like more pressure because I'd never auditioned for a TV show before Oh, and the TV show world. I mean, you know how it is where like on TV, so many more people have to approve you, so to speak. It's absurd. Yeah. 
Did you have the network test and the studio test? And you said you had like 12 different auditions. Yeah. We, I mean, I, I don't remember what they were all called at the time. To me, it was just like going back, going back, going back. And then it was reading with Malise and Jordan and then cool. not Malise and not Jordan. Do you remember thinking you liked one or the other? Do you remember it clicking with Malise and Jordan more? And they were just the ones, you know, and they were so amazing. And, and they were so like Smalise was so sweet and, you know, Jordan was just like, made me laugh. Mm. Was this at Nick on Sunset? You know, I think this was Nick in Burbank. I think it was in Burbank. Oh yeah. I remember wearing like an Abercrombie and Fitch beige skirt. Hell yeah. To my audition. I think I did too. (laughs) Did you wear the same? Now, did you do the classic audition thing that we were always told to do where you wore the same outfit every time you went in or did you change it up? No, I, I was like, would always pick a different outfit. But the first time I had a black, I had a black tank top on and jeans, Mm. clearly dressed by my mom who was looking out for me. And then I think as I made it further, I was like, I want to wear my Abercrombie and Fitch skirt. And everyone's like, whatever, fine. (laughs) Do you remember meeting Sue or the time that she was in the room? Yeah, Sue was the best. I mean, I, I think every few years since the show ended, I asked, someone about Sue or I think to myself, I wonder where Sue is or like, like I, like she, she's someone that I think about like every, you know, couple of years. Cause I just remember she was so kind and smart and giving and fun. Yeah. And like, I just, I just, I I loved her energy and, and she really obviously like made such an impression on me as a person and also my career. And so I always like wish her well in my in my mind every so often. She really related to us really well. I remember that. I remember never feeling or even thinking about her being the like head honcho of the show. She was always so cool and casual with us. Yeah. I remember she'd always like wrap her arms up, like kind of like twisted and like put her hand, uh, hand on her chin. And she like, she would like think like, you know what I mean? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Did you get more and more nervous as the auditions and callbacks progressed or did you get more and more confident? Did you think, Oh, I've got this. This is mine. I think I just, just kind of like thought it was, the process was fun. And I luckily, you know, my, my, my frontal lobe wasn't fully formed to understand like (laughs) the outcome. And I was just kind of like, Oh, cool. Like here I am again. And everyone's so nice. And like, this is so fun. And, you know, did you fantasize about what it would be like to book it? Were you already there? Like, Oh my God, I know what it's going to be like to show upset. What's it going to do for my life, blah, blah, blah. Or was it just fun in the moment? that's what I mean. Like, I don't think I really had this long term, like, oh, this is what it's going to do for me personally and professionally. Like, I think I was just like, cool. Like, yeah. here I am. Like, this is awesome. So you do the test, you do a chemistry test. Uh, funnily enough, when I talked to Raja, who plays Jake Bahari, he said that you and him never read together. We didn't. Which blows my mind. You would think the love interests would have some sort of chemistry read together. Well, I think... I, I mean, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn, like, I don't know this for sure, but I think, I think the, uh, you know, me, Melissa and Jordan were really the core. Uh, and I think when they were starting to write the show, it was, that was really what it was centering around. And then yeah. I think all these other characters came in and people fell in love with them, like you, Raja and, you know, Mary Lou. And I think that people just became bigger than I think it was maybe intended to be. Yeah, that's Like true. I, I, I think, I think personalities and, and characters kind of took on a life of their own where, you know, I think maybe if they had known that, you know, Jake Bahari was going to be the guy the mm-hmm. whole time. I mean, or maybe they did and they just trusted the, maybe they just trusted that we were going to be great together. What was it like when you got the call? 
Well, I don't remember that part. Really? Isn't that horrible? Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, though, if I'm thinking about mine, I don't remember it either. Okay, do you remember the first day showing up on set or preparing like for the pilot? I just remember how, um, I, no, <laughs> I don't. Uh, but what I do remember is I remember loving so much all those table reads we had in like oh, the basement of Nickelodeon. Yeah. And we would all sit at the table and do these table reads and it was so fun. And I loved it. And I don't know, it was just, there was so much positivity and laughs and applause. Yeah. And like, it was, it just felt very creative and and safe. And I don't know, that I loved so much, like getting us all around the table that was to kind blast. of like read together. That was Everybody fun, right? Everybody was so encouraging. And they really did, it felt like, I don't know if they did, but it felt like they trusted us with the characters and just kind of yeah. let us do what we thought was fun or what we thought would be interesting. And of course, reeled us in. When I think they thought we were funny. Hopefully, I think. No, I mean, like, I think, I think they thought we were not funny. Like, you guys are comedic geniuses. I think uh, they more just like thought that we were all like kind of like uh, yeah. weird and funny yeah, without probably. meaning to be. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I think shows through the show too. Not to toot our own horns, but we actually did like each other. Yeah, we did. And I think that shows pretty evidently when someone, especially on a kids show, or especially when you're in school together all the time. Because what a lot of people don't know is that you still went to school just on set. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You were there. I mean, you were probably there more than any of us banking hours. Yeah, the schooling on set, I didn't mind it because I like to, my brain is always firing at a million miles a minute. So to me, the 20 minute increments, I was like, great, 20 minutes of this, then I'll go over here and work, then I'll come back. Like, I liked that, but it, it was definitely hard as far as like actually getting the work done. Like, you know, because obviously, if between schoolwork and like going to craft service and chatting mm -hmm. and being on set, like I'm not really wanting to like do my math pages. So yeah. they'd have to wrangle us hard sometimes yeah. to get us to go back to the schoolroom. I would hide sometimes. There was a lot of places to hide. I was just going to say that. Where was your hiding spot? Honestly, I would just like slip because oh, I was so fast and, you know, I was like <laughs> also so small. I would just kind of like drift off and like go somewhere no one else was with my book to sometimes to just like have a moment to myself. <laughs> yeah, the studio is so gosh darn big. I'm so upset they tore it down. It really breaks my heart. It really made me sad. I hope the ghost that haunted it is okay. Did you ever go up to the rafters? You were up there with us, right? Yeah, I think maybe once or twice, but... I don't think I was like allowed up there. <laughs> yeah, we uh, none of us were. <laughs> yeah, but you guys did it anyways. I was yeah. I was like we're not allowed and everyone's like, "Okay." <laughs> well, see, that's the difference I think between I can only talk about my experience and yours is that you had a much bigger responsibility. And as the star of a show, even though you're still our age, even though we were all still kids, you had more responsibility than any of us. You were in school longer because you were shooting longer. You were on set longer. You had more lines. There was a lot more that you took on. Was that easy for you to assume that responsibility right off the bat? Or once you got into it, did you realize, oh, this is a lot of hard work? I think luckily I didn't realize. But, you know, in retrospect, like I, I definitely – I mean I'm very – I'm very grateful that I had that experience at such a young age mm -hmm. because I definitely feel like it informed my work ethic throughout the rest of my career where like, I feel like I have a, a, a stamina that was, <laughs> that was given to me from, you know, working, you know, five days a week, 10 hours a day mm -hmm. as a, as a kid, like, I, even though it was so much fun and I wanted to do it, you know, it was definitely like, you have to 
kind of make sure you're getting sleep. You can't really be messing around. You can't not memorize your lines because no one's going to you know, do it for you. Yep. And so it definitely like gave me the sense of work ethic that I feel like I've, I've carried with me of just like being super prepared, being super on time and like understanding that if I don't do my work, no one else is going to do it. Right. Which is something that I think people learn much later. Yeah you know, in, in, in life. So, so yeah, I mean, it was definitely in retrospect, I'm like, I cannot believe that I, that I did that, you know, cause even now I'm on set sometimes and I'm like, I'm so tired. <laughs> like <laughs> I want to take a nap. I want to go home. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm just not, like, I, as you get older, you just become more high maintenance of like your, your emotions and your uh-huh. needs. I feel like when you're a kid, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. I also think the, like the caloric breakdown of a donut from craft services fueled <laughs> us far longer than it does now. But, uh, but no, so, so now I'm very, I'm like very impressed with my, my younger self, but at the time I was just so like grateful and excited and, you know, it was like, a, it was like a playground getting to, to, to be there. Do you remember it changing at all for you over the three seasons? Do you remember there being ebbs and flows or do you recall there being ebbs and flows of, God, this is really, this is really taxing or this is the best thing ever. Or was it just constantly fun? I mean, I, I always loved it. Like, I never remember being like, oh, I don't want to do this or uh, like, I never had those thoughts. Yeah, I think I was always, I was always really into it. And I remember when it was over, I don't think I quite realized that it was over. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was like, oh, like after a year probably went by, I was like, oh, wow, like we won't be coming back to this over the summer like we always do. You yeah. know, in three years when you're 12, 13, 14 I, well, I was 12 turning 13. So it was like, you know, 12, 13 to 15, mm-hmm. you know, that's like, you're in a routine, you're used to something. And so when that didn't happen, I remember, you know, feeling like, oh, wow, like, I, I don't think I quite realized that like, that was a, that was that point in my life. And now that's over. Yeah. And I remember being really like, kind of sad about that. And I know, hell yeah, we all were. And I know you stayed super close with, with, with people. And I mean, I stayed in touch, but not super close with anybody. And so it was just kind of like so weird to be so enmeshed with people and have these people around for such formative years of your life. And then you kind of don't really see them anymore. And even when, you know, you see them, it's not really the same. Yeah. And so I remember being like, oh God, change. Like this is what change is like in growing up. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that feeling too, after rapping and you mm-hmm. always say, oh, we're never going to grow apart. It's going to be like this forever. Mm-hmm. And it never does, of course. But Mm-hmm. It still is nice. I'm learning just in recording these. It kind of just picks right back up where it left off. Even if y'all, you know, if we didn't talk for every day like we used to, it's still, mm-hmm. it's so interesting. Like I still see young Emma in you. Like you're still yeah, Emma. I, see, I mean, I, I, I see the same in you. Like yeah. just seeing you literally like fills me with like laughter and nostalgia and like joy just because like you were so funny. Thanks. Most people, when they look at me, laugh too. So that's no, not I'm funny kidding. looking, funny being. Um, and I just remember Sue would always just like she got such a kick out of you. And I, I remember, did you audition? Yeah, it was Nerd Number Two, is what the name was called. <laughs> I didn't have a name. Yeah, and I was so blessed by what they did. Okay, so the show airs. You shoot it. The pilot gets picked up. That in itself is exciting. You shoot the first season, and then it airs. Did your 13-year-old life immediately change? Did it take a little while? Did people start to recognize you the next week? How did that go? Well, it's funny because before Instagram and all that, like you didn't know if anything (laughs) you did was being seen or if you were famous. And I lived in the Valley. 
Yeah. So like, I had no idea. Like I... (laughs) (laughs) It's in the valley. Yeah. The only times I would notice were when I went to the mall. And then I'd be like, oh, like people would come up to me at the mall. But if I didn't go to the mall... I mean, no I was idea. just like, I guess I did the show. I mean, I don't, I don't know if people like, cause I was homeschooled. Right, so I had right. no like sounding board for like anything. It was just like, I went to work, I went home. And then sometimes at the mall, at the, at the AMC movie theater, like one, maybe somebody who worked there would like be like, Oh my God. Or like a girl would come up to me and ask for my autograph. Wow. But other than that, I was like, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Like this is just doing a show. And what was that like when the first person did recognize you? I think I, I always remember like being embarrassed for some reason, like as though like maybe they had me confused, right. like, I, <laughs> which is so sad. But um, yeah, I thought it was so sweet. Like I remember just being like, oh, cool. Like people, people are watching it. Yeah. And then I, re- I went to summer camp. I don't know if you remember this, that um, I went to summer camp every summer. I don't remember that. I just mean because we started later because I went to summer camp. Oh, I because didn't know they that. they were kind enough to like my mom was very worried that like oh she's homeschooled now she can't go to camp now yeah. she's like we we my mom was always like I want you to be normal and I was like I'm not normal mom no but she would be like I want you to have a normal experience and so she was like I really want you to go to camp because I loved camp like summer camp was god. my oh my god my yeah. favorite place oh, on earth I dream of being a counselor someday. Just for like a Honestly, one week. We can talk offline about adult summer camp, which is what I want to do. Emma, don't you tempt me. I'll do it. <laughs> I the... need to play Color War. It's like I need to play oh Capture God. the Flag or Color War with 100 people. Yeah. That is when I feel most alive. Oh, God, I feel it. <laughs> but anyways, that's, that's, that's something else. But I remember after the year after we did the show and I went to camp, a lot of people at camp had seen the show. Interesting. And that was when I was like, oh my God. And I remember I would think people were making fun of me because they would like be talking or whispering and mm-hmm. looking at me. And I'd be like, oh God, like what am I, what did I do? And they had seen the show and it just would, it just never even crossed my mind. And so, so that was kind of interesting because I'd always just been a, you know, an, just another girl at camp. I assume people started to treat you differently then. Yeah, they were, they were mean to me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, they weren't. Um, no, I mean, I kind of, I was just kind of like, la, 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 went about my business. And I thought it was nice. Everyone was nice. They're like, we love the show. Mm. And I was like, thank you so much. And I was just so focused on color war and tubing that like, sure. I, I, I wasn't really. You didn't have time for anything else. I didn't have time to, to, to see how I was being treated. Yeah. Well, I never, the coolest thing that I remember about you, even still to this day, that I, there was never any separation between you, number one on the call sheet, and anybody else. There was never any any inflated ego. There was never, I'm better than anybody else here, which is not the case on most sets, as I'm sure you've experienced too. But you were just always so cool, always throughout. And, and still you. to this day, you know, as your career has progressed and gotten even more successful, more successful, it's, it, you're still the sweet, kind, caring Emma that I know. And it, it brings me such joy. Oh, thank you. That means so much. I mean, honestly, I feel like I'll always be that, like, that girl that just, like, wanted to be on Nickelodeon and had really crooked teeth and, like, a weird widow's peak and, like, couldn't really yeah, sing. Peak. But, like, yeah, I would, like, cut my widow's peak on, on What? Like, it's, it's so weird. Anyways, I don't remember that. That was not what I was sure, trying to sure, 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 sure. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, like, I always try to remember 
like I try to keep my enthusiasm when I feel jaded sometimes mm. or when I'm like tired or when I'm in a bad mood and you know you're like uh and I'm just like oh god like the the Emma on Unfabulous just never never had a bad day never wasn't right. so happy to be there and never could dream of things getting better than that and then yeah. I just like think about her and I'm like okay and that always sets me on track I'd I'd be remiss to not ask you how it's been since you became a more serious actress and an adult. Did Unfabulous only serve to help your career afterwards? Or have you come up against things where they've been like, well, she was on a kid's show. How, how, how much did Unfabulous play into your career afterwards? I think whenever you're ingrained in people's minds as a 12 or 13 or 14 year old, it's always hard to get out of that. Yeah. Like even now people are like, you're going to be 30. Like I thought you were 16. <laughs> You'll always be 16 in their mind. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you so much. But no. Yeah. I, I get worried that it's going to be like, you look 16. And then it's going to be like, you look 80 and there'll just be no in between. Sure. Like, like yeah. everyone's like, you'll be 16 forever. I'm like, or until my face falls off and then I look 80. <laughs> uh-huh. So I don't, you know, I would like a little padding in between of looking my age, yes, please. but that's fine. Um, no, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely hard to change people's perspective of like, I'm not a kid, but I never was like mad about it. Like mm-hmm. I never felt like, oh, I need to go like play something super hardcore to break out of this. I was more just like, huh, okay, like, you know, I'll just have to prove myself more. And, you know, even now, some people will always see me as that like 16 year old actress that did like kids movies and kids shows. But that's kind of fine with me because I just, I like to kind of keep proving myself and keep doing different things. And, you know, it, it, it kind of gave me room to be like, you know, I'm just going to kind of do what I want. Yeah. You know, I, I did, I did a lot of like kids movies for a while or like younger movies. And then I did some, you know, independent movies playing more my age, doing some darker stuff. And, and then I kind of got back into TV in the, in the Ryan Murphy world Mm -hmm. where, you know, I was given the freedom to get to completely kind of break those stereotypes by, by doing Coven and Scream Queens. And that was really fun. And, you know, I'm just kind of deciding what I want to, what I want to do next. But, but I was never like angry that people saw me as like a kid actor. I guess it's a double-edged sword, right? Because they know you because of the show, but then they also know you because of the show. I read this quote somewhere. I wish I could remember who said it. It made me laugh so hard. It said, when I grow up, I want to be a child actor. And I kind of (laughs) keep that with me. I like that too. That's pretty good. Let's say I said it. Okay. Okay. Well, as we wrap up, I got one more little segment for you. Okay. It's called For You. So for you, the number four, the letter U, the actual four U words that are in the theme song. So we got unbearable, unflappable, unstoppable, unforgettable, not counting unfabulous. Obviously, that's a given. So what was the most good or bad, unbearable part of your entire experience? Probably how much I flat ironed my hair. (laughs) Not at all what I expected. (laughs) I got it in my head that like I looked bad if my hair wasn't so straight. And so it like it, that was. Do you have naturally wavy or curly hair? I have naturally like bad hair. Like it's not really here nor there. It's not a color. It's not a texture. It's just kind of blah is what I've been given. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I just look back on it and I'm like, wow, like that was really quite a look I had going on. Early 2000s, baby. Yeah. (laughs) So unflappable. 
So what unflappable force kept you grounded and motivated throughout the entire three seasons? It's funny because I remember Unflappable. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, I when I heard too. the theme song, yeah. I was so perplexed by that word. And I still to this day, like, remember that word and think of it with that theme song. Like, it will never not be associated no. with that. I mean, I have to say, like, I think Sue Rose was such a, like, unflappable force of, like, she really gave me such a great experience with the character, with the environment. And it really, like, set a standard for, like, working and 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 just, like, how great an experience could be. Because, you know, you uh, we've all heard people who've been on kids shows and this and that, like have yeah. these horrible stories to tell. And I've always been like, that was not my experience on this. And I'm so grateful for it because like, it is true. Like people had really horrible experiences yeah, so working sad. as a kid yeah. on shows. And it, oh, and I just always remember being like, I'm so grateful that that was really not the experience on this. How positively formative. Yeah. And I think that that starts with like your creator and your showrunner. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think that now just having more knowledge of like what a creator and a showrunner does now at the time, I don't think I knew. But yeah, I think, you know, Sue was, she was, she was killer. Unstoppable. What moment brought you the most unstoppable joy or laughter? I mean, just like shooting the pilot of Falling in the Punch Bowl. I mean, it was so absurd, yet so great. Mm-hmm. And and I remember I was so nervous because they were like, we have to dry your hair and redo your makeup. So like, we really want to get it right. And I was like, okay, no pressure. And I also had to have nachos that I had to then also fall onto my outfit. That's right. And I remember being like, that's, it was really throwing me the nacho part. Mm. (laughs) And that whole, but it was so fun and I got it right. And like, I think, I think we only did it once, maybe twice, but I remember being like, oh God, okay. Like. I can, I can do this. I remember them making such a big deal. It was a big deal. I vividly remember right beforehand saying like how, how important it was they got it because of how much time the turnaround would take. I do remember that vividly. And lastly, unforgettable. If you can sum it up, what's the most unforgettable part of Unfabulous for you? Oh my God, unforgettable. I mean, it was just, it was, it was such a time. I mean, like you said, like the early 2000s, to be on this Nickelodeon show. And, and I feel like they don't really make shows like that anymore yeah. where, you know, they're, they're for kids, but they're also for adults. Mm-hmm. I felt like we were trying to say something, you know, like I felt like there was good messaging, but it didn't feel like messaging. Yeah, And it was also fun. And you didn't with, with shows now, I feel like for kids and, and teens are like, I don't know. There's, there's like an inauthenticity to a lot of them. And this one I just felt like was really kind of authentic. Yeah, very much so. And, and I really liked that about it. And, and yeah, well, that's like, for that reason, I'll always be be proud to have been, been a part of it. And and like I said, we were all just like, you know, real kids, I feel like with like hopes and dreams Mm -hmm. and, you know, it was like, it was just such a sweet time. And, and I, and I love that about all of us. What do you think Addie Singer would be right now? I hope she would have like some singer songwriter album that Aww. came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I uh, I think, but I think she, um, I think she's like living in Portland. Oh, cool! <laughs> Very hip. Um, yeah, I think she's like cool. I think she's, I think she's cool. I think she's okay. <laughs> if you were to run into her on the streets of Portland, what would you say to her? <laughs> I, what was the first line of the show? <laughs> You know how sometimes when... <laughs> <laughs> you just repeat that line. I don't know. I think I'd like hug her and be like, 
God, what's up? <laughs> let's go to Juice. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go to Juice. Well, Emma, it's so sweet to talk to you. I know. I'm like feeling emotional, honestly. Yeah, me too. I'm trying not to let it come out. Sad. But it's, I'm like going to cry. I know. It's like right there wanting to so badly. But yeah. Man, being on the show with you was such a formative part of my life. You were such a formative part of my life. And I truly, truly, truly can't thank you enough for being as kind and sweet and accepting of me as a person as you have been my entire career, my entire life. It's really meant a lot. Oh my God, Dusty, I'm going to cry. I adore you. Seriously. I love that you're doing this podcast too. Like it's, I just thought it was so cool and you reached out and I was like, of course. I got to do it. And uh, it's funny. I feel like people have started asking me about Unfabulous, the, sh- the show and the experience more lately. So it was so odd when you reached out. I was like, God, I feel like it's it's been in the ether. And and yeah, and you're the perfect person to do it. Oh, and you. Um, love you forever. And I'm so happy that you included me. Thank you. Well, I honor you. I bless you. And Emma Roberts, I just got one thing to say to you. You are unfabulous. Thank you. I love you. Forever and always. All right. Love you. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Rocky Road Reunion is recorded and produced in front of a non-existent studio audience in my makeshift podcast studio in my kitchen. Graphic design by Kaylee Arvidson. Unfabulous theme song, karaoke track, performed and recorded by Christian and Jonah Lees. All other music by me. Thank you so much for listening, truly. And remember, it is always better unfabulous. Hi, Dustin, Kelly. Um, it's so great to get your message. I have so many thoughts on Unfabulous. I hope I don't ramble. The one thing that sticks out to me most is, you know, Sue Rose, I felt, wrote a show that was way ahead of its time. I loved the fact that Emma's character was always so, uh, you know, everything was always going wrong. But at the end of the day, there was always like a moral and uh, it was very heartfelt. And I really loved that part of it. And I loved all you kids, the cast, the crew. Everybody was just amazing on it. And it was so much fun. And when I realized that she was really only 12 to 15, you know, you guys did such a great job and carried a whole show where, you know, adults depended on you guys to, um, you know, do a good job and uh, make a show happen that kept their jobs. And it was just pretty remarkable, I felt, as as kids, and that's what I was very proud of with, with Emma, that she went to work and school, and you know, you guys all did that, and it was uh, very impressive. I also remember very funny how she always took the um, sliming and always was getting slurpees dumped on her head or something, and uh, the braces that was funny. So it's just a lot of things like that that were just so so memorable. It was a wonderful experience, and I'm really proud of her. The one memory I really remember is the last show was a sh- on a ship. 
I think you guys all went on a cruise. The first AD, he just said, I want to thank everybody, and this was so fun, and, you know, I want to thank Emma. And as he said, Emma, he literally, like, just choked up and couldn't even speak, and that meant so much to me because I could tell that he knew she worked really hard, and I was really proud of that. And, uh, yeah, I'm proud of all you guys. It was great to uh, work with you guys and a lot of fun, and I'm glad we got to experience it all together. It was wonderful. I miss Nickelodeon. So hopefully we'll see each other soon. Maybe we should have a reunion, and I'll, I'll go to dinner. All right. Take care.